Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Of the hot take BS, we bring you best. We bring you sports. I don't care about bragging rights. It just introduces more volatility into the equation. I don't care about victory laps. Stop it, please stop it. <laughs> Throw the football into the floor. The BetQL Network presents your favorite handicapper's favorite handicapper, Ken Barkley. If I have an opinion, I'm just gonna go put money on that thing happening. And your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. Welcome into Hour 3, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser filling in for Nick Costos alongside Ken Barkley here on a Friday. We are with you until 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Stadium. Still two more hours of Ken and I on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM, 205, but if you want to watch us on stadium, we'll be there for the next hour up until 6 o'clock Eastern time. We'll also be on the BetQL network for the next two hours, twitch.tv slash BetQL, YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. You can listen to us for free over on the Odyssey app. Time to take a little break from Lockatology and time to talk some NBA as we bring in our guide, Noops. You can follow him on X at underscore Noops, betting analyst for BetUS NBA and host of the Hoops with Noops podcast noops always great to have you on man uh good talking some nba with you last time you were on with us you were talking about how you feel that denver is the best team in the nba they've won five in a row they won the finals rematch last night against miami do you feel even stronger about your opinion now that you think denver is still the top team in the nba with how we've seen them play here out of the all-star break yeah, I really do. Nikola Jokic continues to look great. Aaron Gordon is in fantastic form. Jamal Murray is playing well in peak moments. They're having some of those secondary guys really fill in. And there was something, and I, I can't remember who was on the Low Post podcast earlier this week talking about it. I think one of the reasons Denver doesn't pop out on the page, they just don't win by 25, 20, 25, 30 points. They don't have these huge, big, high-margin wins. They mostly kind of just suffocate you and win these games closely but they continue to win they continue to beat great teams and it does it looks like the best starting five to me it looks like the team that presents the most problems for every other team in the league i think the nuggets should be favored to win the title yeah and jamal murray obviously hurts his ankle in last night's game their win over miami so like we kind of you know we something to monitor going forward he's missed a little bit of time already this season but i agree with you noops like if he's ends up being healthy for the playoffs and this is not a total non-issue then uh then it's I, probably all systems go on them i want to i want to move to a, a fake betting market usually we actually about ask actual betting markets like some bets that you can you can you can actually make i'm sure like me 
you watched Spurs Thunder last night, at least part of it, and you're watching Wembenyama and Chet Holmgren play each other. I mean, like I, I had the numbers up before. It's just like completely preposterous. So Wembenyama finishes with 28. I mean, you have to with it's the best part about Wembenyama is normally you only have to read three stats, and with him you have to read five. It's like the stupidest thing. So Wembenyama 28, 13, 7, 2, and 5, which is like par for the course now, and like blocks Holmgren late in the game. And they're having a talk on the telecast about, you know, like what is he gonna be next year? What's he gonna be in three years? What's he gonna be in five years? If there was a two-way market. Will Victor Wembanyama like win a most valuable player award during his career? Like, what would you, how would you price that? Like, what would you make the yes that Victor Wembanyama is going to win an MVP at some point before he's done? It's a really fascinating question. And I'm starting to think about the answer. My first instinct is there's a minus in front of it. Now, I don't know if it's minus 150. I don't know if it's minus 200 or something in that range. But I think more often than not, we're going to see Victor Webinyama win a Most Valuable Player Award. San Antonio is a great organization. They've got some nice pieces around him. They are going to take the time. They're going to build this into a good team. At some point, this will be a winning team. They'll be a top three seed in the Western Conference. And again, Webinyama is going to do stuff statistically that we've never seen before i saw a tweet earlier and i can't remember the exact numbers but if you look at basically totals of points rebounds assists steals and blocks for a month he's the only player in nba history to have as many points rebounds assists blocks steals total in a month as he did in february and it's just it's something like it's it's just it's going to shock people into this. He, if he is going to have a season where he looks like he averages 25 to 30 points 10 plus rebounds six, seven assists, three, four blocks, two, three steals. They're going to have to give him one. And I'm not too worried about his body breaking down, any of the things like that. I think we're going to have, you know, at least 15 solid years in Webb and Yaman. I think one of those times he ends up being MVP. Noobs, I was on another one of the shows on the network, BetMGM Tonight, and they posed this question. And since we're on this topic of Wembenyama, I'll ask it to you because I think it's fascinating. If you can't choose Jokic or Giannis and you had to pick a player in the NBA today that you would build your franchise around for the next, like, you know, seven, eight years, would he be your pick? Would you take SGA? Would you take Anthony Edwards? Like, who would be your guy that you would build your team if you couldn't choose Giannis or Jokic? I think it's a conversation between Victor Webinyama, Luka Doncic, and probably Shea Gildress Alexander, maybe Anthony Edwards. I think it really, for me, does come down to Webinyama and Luka Doncic at this point. Um, we know Doncic is already incredible. We know what he's capable of doing. Has not been able to succeed at the postseason in the postseason yet. I think Webinyama, if I'm starting my team though, is the pick. He is. He has the ceiling. He has the youth. From a salary cap standpoint, his contract isn't really that big yet. You're going to have the longest run with him. Again, I'm expecting 15 years of Webb and Yama. I think that's kind of where Luke is in his career, somewhere in that range as well. So I think it's the more interesting choice. I think Webb and Yama is the harder player to find. Not that Luka is not a hard player to find, just maybe a little less of a unicorn. You don't, you don't want to build around Joel Embiid? You don't want to build around him? You don't want to do that anymore? Maybe not. Maybe not anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, hey, he's coming back at some point. That's not, that was. That wasn't. I don't know if it was an optimistic update, point. but it was an update. It was like I'm still <laughs> here and everything's good. Also, I have no idea when I'm coming back to play for the Sixers, and it may not be this season. Uh, you know, we'll just see. Uh, let's talk about actual MVP for this year. Noops. We, we mentioned like Luca and, and Jokic and Giannis and all the kind of like key players. SGA. PJ asked you about um, the market for this award. 
hasn't really changed a lot recently. It basically changed when Embiid became ineligible, and then it changed a little bit going into the All-Star break. And then that's kind of been it so far. And it's this one, two, three of candidates that are just the price is the same every like almost no matter what they do at this point the price just seems to kind of be the same Jokic is a minus price at mgm 135 like it's gonna be a framework he's about the same everywhere else sga is a little more than two to one everywhere and luca's like four to one five to one everywhere and this is what it's been for like two weeks now do you agree with that have you been thinking about betting into this market like what can change for you where are you at with mvp right now I think in general, this should be pretty steady. I think last night's loss for Oklahoma City does ding SGA quite a bit. If you start to look at their schedule, that now makes things a lot more difficult for the Thunder to be the number one seed in the Western Conference. Now they can still be number two. They can still finish close to Minnesota with a really good record. But I think a big part of SGA winning MVP is getting that team to a top two seed in the West. And again, losing that game against San Antonio, I think is going to be really impactful here as we go through the finish. Jokic continues to play great. He has found ways to put up eye-popping stats. He's back to grabbing highlights and reminding everybody that he's the best player. I think he deserves to be favored. I just don't see Luka Doncic winning it. I could see him finish finishing second, getting some first-place votes even, but unless he can find a way to push Dallas up to the five seed, somewhere in that range, it's just not going to happen. So I think we're down to a three-man race, really, and I think the way it's priced right now makes sense. Again, unless the Thunder can rip off a couple win more wins in a row here and somehow get up to the top seed. Noobs, you talk about OKC. Do you think if they get the number one seed, like they're going to win some kind of award? You talk about SGA and MVP. I know Chet's a long shot for Rookie of the Year. They obviously right now have the favorite for Coach of the Year. If they get the one seed, do you think that they're going to at least win something in the awards market? Yeah, I do. I think the one seed in the West completely locks up Dagnall as coach of the year. Uh, it was a team that was expected to be good, but not the best team in the Western Conference. Um, we'll see how Minnesota finishes. I think that'll help Finch out, obviously. But like you said, if they get to the one seed, that means Minnesota didn't. I think Dagnall is all but a complete lock, basically, to be coach of the year at this point. And I think it does help SGA, but I don't think it, it guarantees him anything. It just keeps him in conversation, and it keeps him close to Jokic, who I still think is likely to win. Noops, we've talked a lot the last few days about six man of the year on this show. Maybe too much, honestly, for like what the uh, what the actual <laughs> award is. Like we've talked about it probably more than the voters think about it, to be honest. But it just strikes me as this really, really fun betting market because nobody really likes the favorite. Malik Monk of the Kings is the favorite to win six man of the year right now. Everyone's like, eh, I'm not sure. Or like, no way I want to bet somebody else. But there's nobody out there being like, nope, it's him. It's Malik Monk. Like, I feel great about this. And everyone is on a different player. No one agrees on who like the second choice should be. The prices have been fluctuating wildly. Karis Levert is now the second choice in the market. It was Tim Hardaway Jr. of the Mavs for a while. Norman Powell got bet a lot. Nas Reed of the Timberwolves got bet a lot. Nick Nick has become like Mr. Bobby Portis on this show, bet him 100 to 1. And his <laughs> prices started dropping as he's played better recently. So it feels it feels wide open. Do you think it's wide open or are, are we all like missing the plot here? And it is going to be Malik Monk. I think it is pretty wide open. I think this, again, mirrors what we're looking at in most improved player. Now, Maxi is a better candidate for most improved player than Malik Monk is for six man of the year, but they are the clear leading choices, I think, and neither one of them is really an appealing choice at this point. Now, you look at the six man of the year market, Malik Monk, again, minus 125 from our friends over at BetMGM. 
You've got Karis Levert at plus 400, Nas Reed at plus 700, Hardaway at plus 750, and Norman Powell plus 800. I think that is really the whole list. With all due respect to Mr. Costos, Bobby Portis is not winning sixth man of the year unless something no. very bizarre happens here Can't over the win. last 27 games. But I think it's Monk. I think Norman Powell has a little bit of a chance here. But like you said, there's just there's no excitement from voters here to vote for anyone. So it's hard to pick anyone. You can pick nits basically with anybody up and down this board. Again, Levert, Reed, and kind of Powell, are, I think, are the three guys that are going to get some votes and could take this away from Monk, who is on a Kings team that might not have enough wins, really, to garner the attention for this. I think that's really the biggest mistake here of having Monk at the price he is. It's not a good price on Monk, but at the same time, I don't really love the price on anybody else. So, Noobs, back to the team market. I know, obviously, you're high on the Nuggets. Any interest in the Warriors, though, with how they're playing as of late, winning 10 of their last 12? They're 16-1 to to win the West. Would you buy in at all on the Warriors, knowing that they're going to probably have to play in the playing tournament? Optimistic about the Warriors come postseason, but I'm not interested in betting in them right now. I think, as you mentioned, they're in the play-in tournament. That complicates things. It looks like they're going to be in a position where they're going to have to win two games in that play-in tournament to go forward, a game against the Lakers, and then a game against the Mavericks, maybe the Pelicans, maybe the Kings. We'll see how those things kind of shake out there. But that is a tough scenario where when I start to layer the probability of that on top of the probability of what it's going to look like having to win a couple of series here in the Western Conference to even get to the Western Conference Finals. I just don't think there's any value in the market. That said, if they can get through those play-in games and they're in the first round against a team like Oklahoma City, I think that's going to be a really interesting matchup and you're going to have a young team with an opportunity and more talent than the Warriors to beat them. But will they blink? Will they get nervous in kind of their first big moment there? So that's when I'm going to start to be interested in the Warriors. But for now, I just I don't love any of these prices given how complicated things are. I mean, it's so interesting. Like, you really could have a setup. It's almost the most likely way this is going to play out now is you're going to have Curry and LeBron come out of the play-in and be the seven and the eight, and like these known quantities that people love, and they're going to play Minnesota and Oklahoma City in the first round, and like people are going to like the seven and the eight in that matchup. Like, they just are because of playoff history and pedigree. Not even that those teams are going to win, just like the betting markets for those series are going to be great, like like small prices yeah. for a 1-8 and a 2-7. Like you just never see that. Uh, so that'll be really interesting. Hopefully we'll talk to you about that when we get to the playoffs. We have like a minute left, Noobs, maybe about 90 seconds. Yeah, a ton of games tonight. Luca's playing in Boston, which like I'm really excited to watch. I feel like MV, I feel like we're going to learn a lot awards-wise, title-wise. Maybe something can, ha- can happen, something can pop in that game. Do you have a lot of bets you like tonight here in about a minute? It's a pretty tough slate overall. There's a couple bets I, I sort of got close to. I was close to the Pistons, passed on that. Close to the Raptors, kind of passed on that. I, of course, am going to bet the absolute worst game on the slate. This might be the worst game of the entire year. The Portland Trailblazers are playing the Memphis Grizzlies, a game involving several players that, guys, I didn't learn about until today. There were several names that I read on the rosters that I had never seen before. I think this game is going to be an absolute mess the total is 207.5, the lowest total of the year by a couple points. And I just don't think that's low enough. I think this should be closer to 202, 201. Both of these teams, although you do have the dynamic of bench players and guys who normally don't get minutes, maybe pushing to try to get opportunities to fill some stats to get attention for getting playing time next year. That's not the way these teams go. They play slow. It's a really gritty defense set up for both teams. I expect this game to be ugly. Don't watch it, but bet the under and rebound props. Basically, every player go over their rebound props. I think Santi Aldama is probably the best number on the board right now, but rebounding overs, play the under in the game. Don't watch it. Just check the box score when it's done. 
Awesome. He's the best. Alex Christensen, a.k.a. Noobs. You can follow him on X at underscore Noobs, betting analyst, BetUSMBA, and host of the Hoops with Noobs podcast. Noobs, always great talking to you, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure, guys. Best of luck. Have a great weekend. You as well. Great stuff there. Re- rebound Noobs. overs. Like, rebound here's, overs. Here's, here's, a game, here's a game for you. No scoring and a ton of misses. And someone has to catch the misses. <laughs> here's here's a handicap for you. And I haven't heard of the players involved. Sounds sounds delightful. That. Sounds really good. Ken, we brought up good memories and we were talking about UAB and Iowa State. It sounds like you might get the NBA version tonight if you want to uh, watch that back <laughs> yeah. again. Yeah. Maybe, and George Neyang. Yeah, he's, he's, he's George, in the league right now. Yeah. George Neyang, that's right. Maybe betting under, maybe a ton of rebound props. Great stuff there. Talking locketology, continuing that. We come back. You better you bet. PJ Glasser, Ken Barker. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network.